With the weather taking a toll on me, I was struggling to get out of bed when a friend of mine sent me a news item. Former President Mahama had made certain remarks concerning the automobile industry in Ghana. He wanted my view on what I thought of the former president's comment. Presidential candidate of the National Democratic Congress, NDC, John Dramani Mahama has noted that the establishment of car assembly plant in Ghana under the Akufo Auto Administration threatens the local automotive industry. He said this development is unacceptable. Source, 3news.com. My first reaction was, which local automotive industry? What Mr. Mahama refers to as the local automotive industry is in no philosophical meaning of the word industry. For the past six decades since independence, we have bemoaned our underdevelopment and every young person who studied some economics in senior high school will cite our overdependence on importation as one of the reasons for our underdevelopment. Our economy has largely remained as a raw material complex, agrarian and import dependent. In what way therefore, will a local assembling of vehicles of international brands be bad for our artisans? The government of the new Patriotic Party, NPP, in the last three years has through deliberate policy choices courted several international automobile makers to establish assembling plants here in Ghana. This policy is aimed at positioning Ghana as a regional hub for the automobile industry for the West African subregion. Has Mr. Mahama averted his mind to the potential opportunities this will create for the local economy? Is Mr. Mahama not concerned about the technology gap that is opening up between us, in Africa, and the rest of the world? Should we remain at the bottom of the economic ladder to protect the business interest of 20,000? Can this economy and the artisans Mr. Mahama purports to speak for compete in the global economic sphere in the next decade welding and grinding used cars from America and Europe? Will the advent of local assembling of cars in Ghana affect the local artisanry market and importers of used vehicles? Yes, in the short term, there will be an opportunity cost. But that is never enough for the leader of the biggest opposition party in Ghana to seek to incite that section of the population against the progress of the industry. The local artisans do not need to work directly in these assembling plants to reap the benefits of this move. The potential for technology transfer for the thousands of artisans in the downstream business to acquire new skill sets to compete in the emerging industry is enormous. Let not kid ourselves, we cannot achieve the level of development we envisage by doing things the same way always. There must be a disruption. I'm not oblivious of those of our compatriots who will be caught up in these changes. That will call for job retraining centers, welfare programs for those who will be pushed out of the market eventually but why must a center of left party seek to protect a business interest of the few against the wider development goals of the country? Throughout the ages, every development epoch has brought with it massive changes in the old order. However, the end results have always been the increase in the economic wealth of the nation. This is true for the first industrial revolution of the 1700-1800 that took place in the cities of Manchester and Liverpool, to the second industrial revolution of the 1820s to 1870s that brought America to the fore of the world, to the present-day renaissance of China and the Asian tigers. The question of salvaged cars in my opinion shouldn't even be linked to this policy of automobile assembling in Ghana. The fundamental question remains, are we content to be the dumping grounds of second-hand, accidented cars from America and Europe when those countries are even moving away from fossil-based fuel cars to newer environmentally friendly cars. I own and drive a second-hand car from America, so I won't get too sanctimonious on this but is that the future I envisage for my kid? 
that he will grow to a mid-level supervisory role in a large public institution in Ghana and buy his first car as a discarded car from a Mexican university student in Boston? Is Mr. Mahama content with us spending over a billion dollars annually importing rice into this country? Is he going to be content with the half a billion we spend in importing sugar into this country? Is he going to dwell on the interests of the large commodity trading companies who are monthly bringing in vessels containing food products we could produce locally and not do anything about that? I have since 2012 advocated for transformational leadership in the National Democratic Congress, NDC. I am convinced in my mind that Mr. Mahama doesn't have the leadership medal to transform this country. I am under no illusions about the inability of Mr. Mahama to grasp the quantum of our challenges. We saw it under his presidency. Then he came with the idea of a people's manifesto, ostensibly to lure the unsuspecting voting public that he has changed. But this statement today reiterates what I have been saying always, he simply can't grasp the challenge. Mr. Mahama is not the sort of leader to propel this country from our present state to a worthy nation of shared prosperity tomorrow. In 2012, I warned a number of you on how bad a vote for Mr. Mahama was going to be for our future as young people. I got pilloried. Many didn't listen and we saw what happened. The incessant dumps are for four years that crippled and killed businesses in this country. The Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research, ISER, of the University of Ghana in a study titled How Did the 2012-2015 Power Crises Affect Small and Medium Manufacturing Firms in Ghana revealed that due to the non-availability of power, firms were losing about 12% of their output on a monthly basis, there were 10 days in every month that the firms were without power and so for those 10 days they were losing roughly 12% of productivity, amounting to GH sent 250 million between 2012 and 2015. In another study done by ISSER to assess the impact of the power rationing on micro and small-scale businesses or enterprises, MSEs, it was established that the annual sales of such companies had been lowered by about 37 to 48 percent. On a monthly basis, the nation was losing more than $57 million, which translates into an annual loss of 2 percent of gross domestic product, GDP. I can go on and talk about how the government of Mr. Mahama had failed to exercise supervisory role over the financial sector, almost weakening it to the extent of threatening the whole economy. Even when it became obvious that something needed to be done to salvage the situation, he lacked the decisiveness to act to save the situation. How many of those banking jobs would have been saved if he had acted earlier? How many of the depositors' fund would have been saved? He looked on even as depositors faced the danger of losing their savings. It was the venerable Ghanaian writer Ayikwe Arma who said with sterling clarity, a society's memory bank is the prime intellectual resource reservoir from which humans have normally fetched insights and inspiration for individual and social growth. The deeper the memory pool available to any group, the more profoundly innovative its members can be when seeking intellectual tools for solving societal problems of life and death. We must not forget where we have traveled from. As I write this, I'm filled with much foreboding that there are a number of young educated Ghanaians willing to hand over the reins of this beautiful and great nation to Mr. Mahama again. It almost passes belief for me to contemplate that. I am thinking of the many mates of mine from university who left this country between 2012 and 2016 and have never stepped foot here again because they couldn't bear it any longer. The last time I spoke to my former roommate, late last year, his words were chilling, I'm never coming back to Ghana. If Mahama is still part of the political conversation of Ghana, that convinces me not to come. He added, 
In one year Austria did far more for me than I ever endured under Mahama in almost four years. Today he has taken up Austrian citizenship, married to an Austrian lady, living in Vienna. His expertise in materials engineering, polymers etc. all gone. It is fleetingly tempting, I know to entertain such thought, but I say to you, the President Mahama we knew yesterday has not changed and you must not be hoodwinked. I am not telling you the NPP government is a perfect government. Far from it. I have been disappointed with their performance in certain areas of our national life. But the NPP has demonstrated that they have a superior vision of what this country should do to leapfrog its development trajectory. From education to domestic industrialization, it has demonstrated a superior ability in building an all-inclusive developed nation. Mr. Mahama by his pronouncements has shown he has not learnt any lesson. A vote for this NPP government is a vote to protect the future of every young person in this country. On December 7, a vote for the NPP will be a vote that secures free universal basic education, including SHS and TETS, for our young folks. It will be a vote that secures a future of abundance of opportunities for meaningful jobs and economic growth.